another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the Coupon Queen, Ben. Guys, oh my goodness. You know, we've always had that moment where we wanted to figure out which defense is the best defense. Well, my next guest, Peter, is going to let us know. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Peter. So guys, like I was saying, I have Peter Honigman and we always talk about, you know, making sure safety's a top priority, but we really don't talk about self defense. And this is what Peter is an expert in. So Peter, please introduce yourself to my listeners. Well, good morning, Queen Finn. Uh, yeah, so Peter Honigman. Um, I am a practicing attorney out of uh, close to Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, and I've been uh, doing various types of legal work for about 24 years, but I've been involved in the martial arts and self-defense for over 35 years. Um, Last 11, about 11 years, I've been actively uh, teaching. Mostly what I do is uh, private instruction, but I also work with groups and organizations uh, to come in and either do presentations on self-defense or sometimes actually to do, you know, like workshops, depends on what people are looking for. And unfortunately, with the way things are going right now, uh, I'm actually working on an active shooter program just because, you know, a lot of businesses want to be prepared in case that unfortunate reality happens. So true. So true. Okay. So I have a huge question and I think you already know by the confusion in my voice, how do we go from being a lawyer to teaching self-defense? <laughs> an excellent question. Um, so, you know, I started out learning, you know, martial arts when I was in high school. So that was, you know, kind of my, uh, I guess, interest long before I became an attorney. And, you know, I kept that up throughout, uh, you know, college and and law school. And then, um, you know, through the years, I've studied different types of martial arts. And at some point, you know, I I was practicing law, and um, I just realized that what I really wanted to be doing instead of you know, just studying martial arts is I wanted to be teaching because I'd be going to different classes and I'd think to myself, you know, I think I could do a better job teaching than the instructor's doing. Um, and also I just enjoyed it working with, with new students. I always just like trying to help them out and teach them how to do things. And it just seemed to me, I'm like, you know, I've really got to, got to do this. So at one point I said, you know, I'm going to create a company, which I called best defense concepts. Um, and then I just kind of started a park district and things kind of grew from there. And, um, so I've been very fortunate to, you know, have enough students to really keep me busy on a, on a regular basis. And it, it overlaps with legal because, you know, as an attorney, one of the things I'll focus on with my students and my presentations is just, you know, telling people you have to have a basic understanding of the law of self-defense, because if you don't, you can end up getting yourself into even more trouble. So uh, they work together really well. Yeah, that is one thing. Okay, I have spoken to people about and they don't really get that. You just can't go around punching, kicking and karate chopping everyone because you are 
quote unquote, a black belt, or you have some, you know, some knowledge of martial arts. But there are things um, that if you have an excellent teacher, you learn that are legal and some things that are illegal and some things that kind of fall into a gray area, correct? Yeah, no, that's very true. Uh, You have to have some knowledge to understand what you should or shouldn't be doing. So I agree with you. I think a lot of people go into it with some misconceptions about what they can or can't do. One of the big ones I have a problem with um, is that, you know, pretty much every state now allows concealed carry of firearms. And I'll talk to people who carry firearms and I'm like, so I know you carry a firearm, but what do you do if someone comes up to you and, and they just they just shove you, for example? Are you going to be flashing your firearm at them? Because in the state of Illinois, that's called aggravated assault. So, you know, firearms right. are not the answer right. to every question. So you better have some other skills or know what the law is before you start getting yourself into serious trouble. So, yes, there's there's definitely a lot of gray out there. Exactly. Exactly. There are a lot of gray areas. Now, the other thing is, even as far as using your hands in self-defense, there are a lot of gray areas, correct? It's true. I mean, if you look at it, if you try and simplify it, I mean, the simplest way you can put it is that for most, in almost every state, um, and I know you're in New York and I'm Illinois, and so you know there's going to be variations from state to state, but in a general sense, you look at um, a lethal attack, which is gonna be someone's coming at you with a weapon intends to kill you or you have multiple attackers, or you have a non-lethal attack, which is gonna be, you know, a punch, a shove, something like that. That sounds simple enough. So someone shoves me, I, I can return the, you know, kind of the same amount of force. I'm not usually allowed to use more force than what's being used against me. Okay. The gray area is how, what can I do? I mean, he shoves me. Can I punch him? Um, well, maybe, you know, so I get asked that question a lot. If somebody does this, can I do that? And my answer is always maybe, because a lot depends on the facts. I'm not there I don't know exactly what's going down. Right, are you right. older? Are you infirm? You know, are there other factors here that are going to really play into that? So I can only give kind of general responses to those types of questions. But yeah, it's, there's definitely, it's, it's a tricky area. Okay. So one of the questions I'd love to ask, and, and, and this is just me being a little uh, snarky here, if you will, sure. is what you see on TV allowed meaning you know you always have this one person that gets into a fight and they're like hey I took karate from the time I was five I'll kick your butt like (laughs) is that a good thing to say in a fight generally no um first I mean the first thing is number one that can set people off you know who you're you're trying to you know the best defense is usually not to be getting into a fight, right? So you really want to try and de-escalate a situation by trying to talk your way out. Telling people you've taken martial arts usually gives the opposite reaction, right? So now they're like, oh, really? And then they're going to want to see if you can prove it. So yeah, I don't recommend that. That's number one. Number two, you know, self-defense is also about a bit of surprise. Uh, You want to use some uh, tactics tactics here. And so, you know, the first thing is to try and talk your way out of it. Well, if that's not working, you have your hands in a position where if the person decides to attack you, you're ready to defend, but they may not have any idea that you have any skills whatsoever. So you don't want them to know. Otherwise, you know, they might change their tactics. Perhaps they have a weapon. Um, So announcing I am a black belt is probably one of the stupidest things you can do. 
Right. But this is something that we see on TV all the time, you know, like yeah. a bad guy gets into a fight or, you know, you, you have like this regular Joe that gets into a fight and he's like, yeah, I know karate, you know, and it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah, it makes good for good TV, I guess. You know, it's drama, like with everything, very little of what we see on TV is usually very realistic. Uh, and that's certainly one of the things I would agree is, you know, more for TV and effect. Again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please do not do what you see on television. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, okay. We've talked about martial arts, but how long were you practicing law? So, uh, graduated in 1997 um my uh, my wife and i actually uh, both went to law school at the same time uh, gonzaga university out in spokane washington um so we graduated from school out there she's actually originally from milwaukee uh and once we got done with law school um we decided we wanted to live somewhere warmer because we'd never really been anywhere warmer so we moved uh, basically sight unseen without any jobs without actually being licensed to practice law anywhere to Phoenix, Arizona, just to try something different. And that's kind of okay. where we started okay. our practice. Okay. Cause I was going to get a bit confused. Cause I was like, Chicago's not warmer. Like how is that working? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right about that. So, you know, we spent about three years in, in Arizona and uh, which was, it was fine. It was nice. It's definitely warmer. Um, but then due to, uh, some family issues. Uh, my dad got sick and I needed to be closer to home. So we ended up moving back to the Midwest and kind of been here ever since. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, all right. Now, one of the other things is I know a lot of people when they think everything can be, you know, claimed as self-defense, you know, mm -hmm. somebody approaches you and you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to like pop you in the face and claim self-defense <laughs> from a legal yeah. standpoint. Is that something like that self-defense? And, and no, I'm not talking about something we've seen on TV. I'm talking about people because I hear people say things like this, Yeah, where it's just like somebody approaches them and they're just like, well, I'm just going to claim self-defense. Well, that's a problem for a couple of reasons. Um, yeah. Just because you want to claim self-defense so let's say you get into a you know something happens you get into a fight or you you end up defending yourself you feel the, the need was there but you get arrested and now you're charged with the crime um you're gonna say well i'm gonna claim self-defense unfortunately the law in most places doesn't necessarily allow you automatically to claim self-defense you know the the claim of uh, the defense of self-defense is what they call an affirmative defense which means Yes, I did it, but I had a legal reason to do it, right? I was legally justified. But if you can't initially prove that to a judge, that there was a sufficient basis to prove that you had, or to at least demonstrate that you could use self-defense, that you were actually defending yourself, and maybe it looks more like you were being the aggressor, you may not legally be able to argue self-defense. So, you know, what I tell people is you need to have a reasonable belief, which unfortunately, Personally, is, is kind of a gray area, but you, you know, need to really be able to articulate to an officer, to a court, to a jury, why it is you believed you had to use self-defense. Well, he said something about my mother. Okay, well, that's not going to work, right? He grabbed me and he punched me in the face. Okay, that you can explain. People understand that. Um, if, so, you know, I'm going to assume in most situations, there's not going to be any, any video evidence that's going to help you out. So you better be able to explain it. Um, right, right. 
you know, so that's, that's kind of the best I can tell people is you need to have a really good reason. It's got to make sense and it's got to be imminent. The person's got to be making it clear that they intend to hurt you right now. And that therefore, if you don't defend yourself, things are going to get worse. Okay. One more crazy martial arts question before we move on. And I love crazy questions. Yeah. You, you, you guys know, I love MMA. I am, I love martial arts. So a lot of these questions are coming from, you know, kind of me knowing and just really getting someone else to answer the questions. So I don't sound like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> but I have seen cases where a person, let's say they are in a relationship and, mm-hmm. and the person knows that this their significant other, so to speak, has a certain modicum of martial arts training or is a black belt and they get into, let's say, a DV domestic violence situation and all of a sudden cops are called and they're like, well, this person is a black belt Mm -hmm. or this person has, you know, a lot of martial arts experience under their belt. Mm -hmm. What should this person do? Well, the, anytime you have additional, you know, training, right? So if like in that situation specifically, so I, as the person defending myself have no experience, but I know that my partner, friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever has training, right? And now we get into a scuffle. Uh, Legally, that's going to allow me, the person who doesn't really have any training to generally use more force because now I know that other person has skills that I don't have, right? Um, that can also place a legal burden on the person who has those skills, even though right. there aren't any, well, okay, I take that back. There used to be no places with the law that said you had to register as a black belt. That has since changed. My understanding is Guam is now the only place where if you are a black belt, you are re- required by law to register, but that's the only place that I'm aware right. of. But other than that, um, you know, it will put a burden on you. So you've got to show that with your training and skill, that you don't use excessive force, right? So now I'm beating up on somebody who's, you know, defenseless. It's very hard for you to say, I didn't use excessive force when you should have known what you were doing based on your skills. So there, that person, you know, who's defending, who has no skills, but knows the other person does, should be allowed to use a lot more force to protect themselves. Okay, okay. So you guys are paying, I hope you guys are paying attention because he's saying you have to protect yourself either way from a legal standpoint and from a physical standpoint absolutely so okay now what made you say okay i'm not just going to learn martial arts i'm not just going to teach martial arts but i'm going to start a whole company um you know uh i found that I think one of the, you know, is a very practical reason. Uh, when I first tried to start teaching, right? So I went to a park district. I said, you know, I'd like to teach a class at self-defense. Like, oh, that's great. Do you have insurance? And I'm like, you know, I don't. And they're like, well, you know, you're not gonna be able to teach anything without any insurance. So, you know, from a practical standpoint, I needed a corporation to protect myself legally from any right. potential liability. Somebody gets injured. Plus, you know, if you want to get insurance, it's going to help. So, you know, that practical standpoint was there. Um, but also just from a, a marketing standpoint, I mean, people 
I think, want to know that there's, you know, it's more than just, oh, hi, I'm Peter, I'm a self-defense teacher. Well, you know, I've got a company and I've got a website and I've got, you know, it took me a while to build up some of the videos and, you know, I ended up having to find a, a videographer to help me kind of document and, and show, you know, some of the things I do because today people are more visual than ever, you know, writing things and just having a, a, a blog or uh, pages of uh, written text doesn't convince a lot of people that they should, you know, study or work with you. So I think that having a company really made, made sense. And I had to spend a little bit of time coming up with the name because, you know, there's all sorts of names out there. And for me, you know, best defense concepts uh, represented the idea that what I'm trying to teach people are more general ideas because I can show you a particular technique that says, okay, I'm choked. This is how I defend against a choke, but techniques fail. They don't always work hundred percent of the time. So I want to tell people concepts. I want them ideas so that if something goes wrong, you have, you understand there are certain things you have to do to escape from a situation. So, you know, that's kind of how I got to that name and you know, the, the company itself, it just seemed like a good idea to kind of bring it all together and help, help me promote myself. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you not only do one-on-one -on -one training, you go in and you actually train corporations because I know when we think, when we think self-defense, when we think martial arts, we think, you know, a person or a group of people going into a school, going into a studio, going into a dojo, you know, and learning, but mm -hmm. you actually bring it to corporate America. True. Uh, so I've had, you know, of course with COVID things have you know, messed everything up. Uh, so that's kind of slowed down. But prior to that, I was, you know, getting requests to come in and, you know, people, some companies would have me come in during lunch hour and we'd actually, you know, sometimes it, it depends what they want. Sometimes they'll only want a presentation. So I'll just be talking and kind of give basic ideas and do a little demo. Uh, other times it's actually more interactive. So I'll be having people striking and I'll be having them, you know, show them how to deal with a choke or a punch or a grab. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I've had a number of companies that have brought me in to, to work with their people. I've even, during COVID, I've had uh, at least three Zoom seminars, not ideal, but, you know, the companies I was working with said, you know, we've had issues with people being attacked at work. We were concerned. It's actually a company out of New York uh, that was concerned because they have a lot of Asians who work for them that they were being randomly attacked. And like, we need to have, we want to instill something in our people that they right. can feel a little more confident. So, you know, so I did these Zoom seminars. Um, at least give them some basic information. So yeah, uh, going in and working with them and then whatever the company is focused on, what is it they want to impart? What problem are they having? That's what I try and focus on because it's usually an hour, maybe two. You know, it's, it's rare that you'll get somebody who wants you to come in for a half a day or all day kind of thing to, to do a really long seminar. Right. I mean, because even, even when you're talking about sitting in class, you're not doing more than a couple of hours. Right. So yeah, this wouldn't be an all day affair. My question is, have you seen an uptick with things like office shootings, school shootings? Have you seen an uptick in business? So for me personally, no. Um, and I think, um, I think part of it is there are right now, there's a whole bunch of organizations out there. One that springs to mind is called Alice. There's Alice training, which is about the run, hide, fight kind of uh, practice. So they've got these presentations okay. and a lot of corporations will be doing that. So it's a video based, you know, they'll you watch this video, like with a lot of corporate things, 
like, okay, we're going to have corporate training. Here's a video, watch it, you know, learn this stuff. So that's available to people. The problem I've got with that and the answer I'm trying to propose is that, you know, I don't know if you've ever um, watched any of these videos or been to any of these presentations, but 95% of the focus on a run, hide, fight presentation is all about running and hiding. And while I agree, uh. that's absolutely what you should be doing in that 5% or less when you can't run and you can't hide and you've got to fight with somebody, they don't tell you how to do that because I don't think they want to. Okay. Um, okay. So my uh, focus right now is I'm working on a presentation where that's going to be the focus of what I'm going to teach people. How do I deal with a lone gunman who I have to go hands-on with uh, because I have no other options. So, you know, I'm going to be trying to come out with that next couple months or so. Um, and I think that there will be some traction there because, you know, the number of active shooter scenarios every year has continued to increase, unfortunately. Um, so. Right. 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 And, and I, and I, I say this really, you know, because we always say hindsight is 2020, hmm. but I say this really, and it's hard for me to say, but we actually need to take a book from our children where they're actually, they've been the one on the front line with these active shooter situations. And we have kindergartners that know how to cover themselves even when in the bathroom mm -hmm. you know I mean I don't know if you've ever seen that article where this woman um wrote into a paper and she was absolutely freaked out she went to the mall with her daughter her daughter was in pre-k and she's they're in the bathroom they're in the ladies room and she realizes she can't find her daughter all of a sudden and she happens to see her daughter's foot come off of the toilet because now she's looking because she's opening 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 and then she looks and one of the stalls is closed and then she sees her daughter's foot come off of the toilet and she says what are you doing and she says I'm practicing wow and she says practicing what baby and she's like I'm practicing my active shooter drill. No, and I was like, I, whoa. <laughs> and and it's, yeah. it's scary that we actually need to take us, you know, like that our children are actually on the forefront of this. And, 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 and we're really, really not paying attention. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, the, the, the number of, school shootings, I mean, you know, the, they run the gamut, right, for everything from public places to, you know, places of worship, school, right, right, businesses. Right. But yeah, the fact that the children, as young as that, have to be trained in something where before all we had to train was for a fire drill or tornadoes, right? Right. Um, and now I mean, we have it to, was like, you know, our biggest fear was really like stranger danger, like don't talk to strangers. Right. I mean, not that not that that's not a scary thing, but it was just like you figured if you taught your kid don't talk to strangers, they were safe enough, not right. where you're sending them is now not a safe place. Mm -hmm. No, that's very true. And uh, you're right. Uh, the, the parents need to be at least as well trained uh, as, as their children are so that they understand, well, what are my children going through at school? Right. How do they, what are right. they doing? Right. Um, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's a really hard thing to, to deal with. And, 
it's it's kind of crazy so okay what is one what are one of the one of the things that you know we can now start to figure out like are we supposed to be running out to look for our closest dojo our closest uh (laughs) you know our closest self-defense class because I think one of the cool things is self-defense really is on a come up self-defense because of everything that is going on self-defense really is on a come up so Mm -hmm. what 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 should people be looking for you know it's it's tough because, you know, everyone's got different priorities and different timeframes and, you know, money is always a concern. So there's no question that, you know, based on all those factors, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, for when people ask me, you know, I'm looking for a school, what, what, what should I look for? I'm like, well, first of all, what is it you want? Are you looking for, you know, very practical self-defense training? You know, are you interested in the art and that kind of thing? Let's say we're focused on practical self-defense. Um, so, you know, different schools have different focuses. So for me, you know, one of the, generally speaking, and this is very general, uh, one of the types of self-defense that I think is probably most effective for most people, at least as beginners, is Krav Maga, which I'm guessing you've probably heard of. Uh, oh, of course, is, I love Krav Maga. Yeah, it, it, so, you know, it's one of those where they, I think they instill um, an amount of aggression that people often don't have that they need. Right, right, because it's really that real hand-to-hand combat. Exactly. So, you know, that's one of the things if people really want something where they're going to, I think, get more practical, realistic training in general, that's pretty good stuff. Um, There are other schools, of course, but, you know, if you're going to go somewhere and you find a school that's nearby and it's, you know, karate or whatever, they all can have um, self-defense applications, but you've got to speak to the instructor and say, you know, what are you guys focused on? Are you practicing, you know, being attacked and mugged and that kind of stuff? Or are you just practicing, you know, like they used to do in the old days and this is old style karate and, you know, this is not really terribly practical. Right, right, right. And, and I think one of the things to, to also ask is, is there a set self-defense day? Hmm. Because sometimes schools can do um, and I've seen it where okay. schools are doing their traditional practice, where whether it be Taekwondo um, and you also do Kenpo, um, you know, karate, Krav Maga, Muay Thai, you know, we can go run through the gambit. Sure. But they have something where it's not necessarily people looking to learn those practices, but they're looking for self-defense and they will have a teacher that comes in specifically or they will teach themselves specifically for the public how to defend themselves yeah yeah uh i've got a couple of schools here that are more traditional schools but every once in a while they'll bring me in uh and specifically you know one school likes me to come in and teach how to defend yourself against a knife attack all right something they don't do so they bring me in to to teach that uh, so I agree with you that there can very easily be those types of uh, classes from time to time where are, they're going to be much, much more focused and uh, practical, uh, definitely something to look for. Yeah, and, and I think one of the cool things is when they bring it in for the students themselves, because I mean, we're all, you know, practicing, we're all working on 
whatever we're working on. But when you bring in someone and say, hey, this is their expertise, they're going to show you something a little bit differently. Now you're getting that real world, well-rounded, you know, education, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, some of the best instructors uh, are, are those people who have been in law enforcement or security, you know, or the military who have actually seen or been, you know, been engaged in hand-to-hand combat. So they've got, you know, that practical experience that really helps support them. I don't have that, you know, I, I make no, you know, I don't pretend to. I've trained, you know, officers, you know, and I've worked with security guys and, you know, I have some idea, but I've never been where they are, um, fortunately for me. Right. Uh, but those kind of guys who do come in, you know, they, they offer something that, you know, a lot of us you know, who are just, you know, traditional, more traditional martial artists who've just been doing it for a long time, you know, don't have that, that realistic component there that they can say, well, I was in this situation and this is what I did. And this really worked. So, you know, that can be something people can look for as well. That is awesome. That is awesome. So do you only teach, I mean, because I know you said you did a few Zoom courses. So do you only teach in the Chicago area? No, uh, I'm actually open to, to traveling. So, you know, I've got, uh, I, I've gone up to, to Wisconsin. I've done some courses there, um, but I'm certainly, you know, I don't limit myself. So if someone were to contact me from another state and say, would you come out and do XYZ, I'd be happy to do that. So yeah, I'm happy to go just about anywhere. Nice, nice, nice. So you've written a book that you've, you're revamping. Correct. So, okay, what is this amazing book? Okay, so technically, uh, so I didn't write the book. So it was written by my first instructor, John McSweeney, who was a Kempo uh, practitioner. Uh, his original uh, instructor was Ed Parker, who was quite famous you know, for Kempo Karate. Um, and, you know, the book, uh, which is called Street Karate and is now out of print, um, was, ah. you know, basically it was, it was a collection of uh, about 35 different scenarios where martial arts were used in real life self-defense. Um, I thought it was a great book. And, you know, uh, John, you know, passed away a number of years ago. And, you know, when I uh, found out the book wasn't available anymore, I contacted the, the publisher and I said, can I get it? And they're like, well, you know, um, since he passed away, is the rights reversed to his wit. So I actually contacted his widow and said, you know, I was one of John's students a long time ago. I'd really like to buy the rights to this book because I think it should really be available to the public. And she was very gracious and, and agreed. So what I've done is, because I think the book is pretty good as it is. And so what I've done is I've kind of annotated it based on my, you know, what I've learned over the years now saying, hey, you know, this is what John, you know, told you about. This is what happened in these scenarios. But here are some additional things I think might work better for some people, again, based on my experience. And then I kind of put some legal thoughts in there as well, because there are some situations where, as you and I have just discussed, I think there was probably more ego than there was real need for self-defense uh, when these things were done. Right. Um, so I wanted to just warn people and say, hey, you know, in this situation, I think, you know, there was probably excessive force being used. You need to be, be careful, be mindful. Okay. Okay. And I think, I think the, the added bonus is your legal background in this point, you know, because you are able to say, Hey, you know what, this could get you in a little bit more trouble than you're bargaining for. 
and not necessarily with the person you're fighting with, but with the legal system, you know? So yeah, I, 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 I think it's, it's a bonus. It's definitely a bonus. So when can we expect, you know, this to be put put back out so that we can get it? So uh, I'm working uh, with uh, my uh, guy right now who's helping me. I'm just trying to finish with the, basically the cover. I'm trying to rework the cover a little bit. That So we should be done with that really shortly here. So it's going to be available early February. It'll be on my website available. Uh, so that'll be you know easily downloadable uh, from my site. So this is definitely going to be an ebook. Correct. Okay. 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 So guys, you can get it. Definitely get it right away on your device to find out what is and what is not acceptable. (laughs) Agreed. Yes. Okay. So where can everyone find your website? Uh, It's pretty straightforward. It's just bestdefenseconcepts.com. See that that's easier. You know, it's like usually people are like, you know, it's seven fives and a twist or you know, something weird.com <laughs> that you've never heard of. So thank you. Thank you for making it pretty straightforward. Um, <laughs> it was it was one of the things, you know, you're you're thinking about when you think about things, you want stuff to be easy to remember and easy to find. And I figured, you know, if I can find something where it's easy all around, you know, that's really uh, the key. That is super cool. That is super cool. So guys, if you are a business that is looking for self-defense, if you are a, you know, a person that's looking for self-defense for yourself, for your group, definitely. And especially if you are in the Illinois, Chicago area, definitely check out Peter and check out his website, see what he offers, you know, because, hey, you never know, right? But Peter, it has been amazing having you. Well, Queen Pin, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time. It was a genuine pleasure talking to you and your listeners. So guys, definitely check out Best Defense and Peter's website. And all of this information will be in the show notes. So of course you will not miss a thing. But as always, guys, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hey, this is Pete Perkins Heard from the Trep Life Podcast, and you are listening to the CQP Moments Podcast. Remember to subscribe, share, and enjoy.